episode 107 sponsored by BC Kimonos. Today we have former UFC lightweight Mitch Clark and IPA JJF owner and former Noah's owner Dan Hubbler. Let's do it. Hello folks, how are you? Welcome to episode 107 sponsored by our good friends BC Kimonos. Make sure to check them out online, bckimonos.ca, supporting the Canadian scene for a hell of a long time and also the East Coast. Uh, let's get right into it folks with a fantastic episode, super excited about this one. Uh, we're going to start it off with a guy who I've known for a hell of a long time. Uh, you know, he's been, you know, he's been on here before. Uh, I, I guess we'll say him, I shouldn't say for a hell of a long time, I guess for the last six or seven years, maybe a little bit longer, but uh, he's, he's been a guy that's been really helpful for my promotion, uh, you know, really helpful for Canadian MMA. He's uh, he's a star in his own right in Canadian MMA, uh, former UFC lightweight Mitch Clark, uh, a great guy, a fantastic grappler, now the head coach of the grappling program at Shaved uh, Bears MMA out in uh, Edmonton, Alberta. So let's bring him on and uh, see what he's got to say, Mr. Mitch Clark. How are you, buddy? Hello. How's things, my man? It's it's going well. It's um, it's been interesting times. I think we've all felt that way. But I've been doing well. How about you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Hanging in there, kind of you know, trying to stay uh, somewhat sane. I guess we'll we'll say you know, it's trying to stay outside and stay off the media. Yeah, that's fair. It's probably uh, probably a smart idea. I think people forget that uh, our diet is everything we consume, not just food wise, but media wise and people you surround your with self with you know you consume all that so it can really affect you in that way that's interesting you say, i've never ever heard anybody say it your diet is much more than what you eat and that's so damn true it's like what you ingest media and like through your eyes and ears and stuff too that's really interesting i never heard that who who's the philosopher behind that oh I, uh, no, no, that's far too profound for me to think about my own. <laughs> um, probably, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Wink, Coach Wink down in, in Jackson's that, that kind of like talked about it, the importance of uh, everything we consume being so much more than just food. Interesting. Yeah, it's fuck. That's so true, man. Like really, especially as somebody who's, you know, as an athlete, if you're if you read everything online or if you're paying attention to everything online. It's a nightmare. Who the like everybody's a troll. Everybody's trying to tear you apart, right? You know, you know what's really weird is I find it's people from your own area that tend to yeah. really jump on you the worst. Like uh, people from my hometown when I got called to the UFC were mm -hmm. were jumping on me, and it was like that was I don't know. I I feel like it kind of like hurt more than than like having some random guy in like Kentucky talking crap about you just like someone that like from your community is jumping on you and talking about how much you suck um that's yeah. what I thought. it's more like local wise that really those people are the hardest on you yeah it's interesting you say that and now you're from uh, saskatchewan so um where like was because saskatchewan's kind of you know the prairies are somewhat similar to out east a little bit you know and it's not a huge population and how, there, there couldn't have been at that time. There was a few fighters coming out of the area, but not a lot, eh? I'm, I'm, I was the first, and the I'm only, the only yeah. uh, Saskatchewan-born fighter to make it to the UFC to fight mm -hmm. in like the MGM Grand Garden Arena. You know, um, you know, really to travel like that for fighting, and yeah, they haven't really like they produced some other really good guys. You know, um, Tyson Steele. Uh, Adam Lorenz, Kurt Sutton, all these guys that they they fought for bigger promotions, but never mm -hmm. the big show. 
And, and then you have the guys from the outlier gyms that really feel the need to jump on you the most. And yeah, it's it <laughs> yeah, that's it. It is what it is, man. It's like, you go back to what, like Wink said, right. You can't fuck, you can't worry about that kind of shit. And so you're back teaching again, obviously you're at shade bears with Tanner and uh, Teddy Ash and everybody pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, how's that been? It's been really good. I think like for me, it it's, it's helped my perspective in terms of, of, of how to teach and how, how I analyze jujitsu because, you know, like I'm getting my second stripe on my black belt and stuff like that, which yeah. seems really cool. And also congrats on yours. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. it. Yeah. It's a big deal. And yeah, it's, it's really cool deal. to have someone yeah. recognize how good you are. It, it feels really good. Um, yeah, I agree. Even as long as both of us have done this, you realize really how little, you know, and like nothing. It's, it's just nothing. Like I remember I rolled with uh Rafael Lovato Jr. Mm-hmm. and he like number one, the beating was it was like Mike Tyson versus an infant. Like that's how bad it was. But uh yeah. he's so big and strong, man. Yeah, he's big, he's really strong, he's very technical, but like you take a look at his belt and then like he has he's been a black belt longer than than I've even been training jujitsu, you know what I mean? So it's kind of yeah. like, it's really humbling of how, I, th- I think you can look at it two ways, like, oh, I know so little, or it's like, I have so much I can learn. Yeah, it's that's the thing. Like, I, I don't know, it's, it's funny you say that, Mitch, because when I got it the other day, I just kind of, like, I cried when I got it because the emotions kind of overtook. I was like, shit, like all the bullshit that you've been through, like this whole process, and then it kind of kind of clicked in and like, like, Hey, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not really one of those people that think like I, I'm getting better and confident in my jujitsu, but I still struggle with like, am I a great jujitsu player? Am I, you know, am I, but I'm getting better confident wise off and off the mat off and on. But you, you just, there's so many levels to this game. And like they say, once you get the black belt, you start to learn. And, and it's mm-hmm. like, to me, it's like, shit, you know, like now I'm really going to really start to learn and, and dive really hard into this game. I think. Yeah. And, and like uh, going back to your first point is just like, it, it allows me to analyze, um, can you teach someone who knows nothing in a very simplistic manner, or are you just talking and talking and talking just to make yourself sound cool or look good or, you know, use these big terms that no one really has an idea yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. So, so it's like, uh, like I, I think it was Einstein. It's like if you can't explain it so the layman can understand, then you don't know it well enough. Hmm. Interesting. It's it's true. Like that you say, because I go to random places or you, you see random people teach sometimes, and and myself, you know, like actually I don't do it like because I'm a pretty basic teacher. Like I'm not because again it goes into your con. Like for me, my coach always taught me he's like teach what you're confident, like what you're good at. Yeah. And then the rest will come. Right. And, and that's the advice he, he's always given me, but I'm still not a great teacher. And you see people really overcomplicate it and, and really like, it's like, it's a basic class. They should be learning basic things. Mm-hmm. You know, how many people I always like look at from a hockey perspective, I look at shrimping, like how many people have no idea how to shrimp. And I'm like, shrimping is as important as skating in hockey. It's that important in jujitsu. Like you, like not maybe not that important, but pretty close. It's super fundamental. Like yes. if you're a purple belt and you don't know how to shrimp, you got some fucking issues. I, I think the thing is too is with uh, jujitsu becoming kind of more in vogue. Part of the issue is, you know, people get attracted to these really cool moves. So I see these white belts mm-hmm. that can do these barambolo rolls, but they yeah. don't understand, you know, 
how to take and hold the back. And you're like, well, you know, I think your priorities are kind of flipped. A lot of my game is very pressure based mm -hmm. and very simple because, and I tell this to my students is like, jujitsu is very chaotic. Grappling is chaotic. So control what you can and keep your movement simple. So less things can go wrong. If I have a 12 step move by step three or four, someone's mm -hmm. going to throw a monkey wrench in it. So there's really no point in, um, and, and making it a long, complicated mess. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very true. A lot of people do overcomplicate this stuff, and I think it's because the uh, the crazy amount of uh, you know access there is online, right? Which is good. You know, there's, it's great in a lot of ways, but it's it's it, it's so interesting. You know, like the the whole people. Some people like no gi, some people like gi. Like I'm a big no gi guy. I don't really like the gi too much, but it's something that I think I have to force myself to do more too because it's again you get to those fundamentals and, and levels of it fuck like I, i'll roll with somebody who's like a really good blue belt in the gi and have trouble mm -hmm. in the gi and then like no gi it's like just like i could do with one arm you yeah. know it's like a different thing altogether but well i I, I think part of it too is like um in your development, it's it's important. I think with with the gi, it allows you to really work on your submission defense because you don't have you have all that extra friction, yeah. and then also your passing skills become much better with 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 the gi because you have to you got always people grabbing at you, grabbing at your your lapel or whatever. So you have to be a little bit smoother in your passing skills. Um, I like I like no mm -hmm. gi as well, you know, wrestling wise and stuff. It made more sense. But for me, it's just like you get you, you get like a gi and someone's pulling on your lapel, and it's usually against guys who are bad. I'm sorry, less less experienced or not as good, and they're pulling on your your gi mm -hmm. repeatedly and just giving you small whiplash motions repeatedly. So you go home and you have to ice your neck, and that's it's less fun. And it's like <laughs> no gi's more fun, you know? It's like so true. You're just like just you just like, let go. And you got, yeah, it just let go. You're not doing anything. You're yeah. just making me upset, and I'm gonna squish exactly, you later. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, I was just watching your video from what it's hilarious. You squish. I was just watching your video like ten minutes ago from when you competed for us in Edmonton, and Eric Andre went for the guillotine, and, and then you uh, <laughs> slammed him in the mat. That was a it was a cool video clip. Shout out to Eric Andre, man. He he's a boss. He never complained. He he took a bad loss too. Uh, I would have to say that he won the fight. I told him that when he came out here to Nova Scotia and our Canadian Kumite, he came out yeah. and fought in the first round and he won the fight. I, I believe he won the fight. Anyway, the judges call it the other way. And and then he got slammed in that fight too. And he never said a word. He took everything. Like he's just a great guy, you know, consummate competitor never says anything bad. You know, I think, I think he moved out, uh, out, out West and he's training with like Matt Kwan and those guys more often. So I think, that'll make him even better competitor. He's yeah. uh tough, tough guy. I think, you know, obviously I was, I was bigger yeah. and, and meaner. Um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that though. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, competition Mitch is a little bit different than the gym Mitch, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but you know, he was good. He, he, he didn't complain. Didn't, didn't, you know, didn't do anything uh, that, you know, it was out of the ordinary. He just, he's there to compete. He's a constant yeah. competitor. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, I thought it was a great event other than a few other things we won't get into. But, um, yeah, so a lot of it went really well. But, uh, yeah. Um, Shell, it's funny 
So, Mitch, you've been on this podcast before, and uh, excuse me for anybody who hasn't joined us before, uh, one of our good sponsors is Maritime Madness. Uh, Maritime Madness <laughs> is behind us, located here. Uh, oh, they're here. You'll see some of their products uh, behind me. What's this? What do we got here? Uh, jerk from away sauce. Anyway, they make lots of hot sauce, and uh, here, Mitch has it in front of him. Uh, this is what they call the One Chunk Challenge. Uh, so what is it, Mitch? It's a, it's a chunk of, uh, ghost pepper, I believe. All right. So it's peanuts, real butter and Carolina reapers all in one bite with ghost peppers to top it off. Delicious, right? <laughs> Debatable. Um, yeah. So basically it's, it's peanut brittle that's covered oh. with, uh, Carolina reapers and apparently ghost peppers. So that's, uh, that's what it looks like. Very appetizing. Oh, right there. So, so are you okay with taking this? You, you're obviously a fan of hot sauce. We spoke about this a little oh, bit yeah. before. Uh, I said I'd do it. <laughs> I'm not super stoked, but is know, someone uh, there? Do you have someone have milk there? And uh, I got an ice cap and I have bread, kind of ready to go. I've I don't I don't drink a lot of dairy, so I have soy milk in the fridge, which I don't think will do anything. But uh, I don't think I'm going to be like your last guest where my pants came off. I think it should be fine. It should be okay. <laughs> All right, buddy. I'll let you go for it. So there no. you go, folks. He's gonna oh, man. I already taste the capacit on, on just the by Oh, yeah. It. Don't get it on your eyes. Jesus. Oh, well, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> Wearing gloves. Uh, I'll just pop it in pop it in my mouth. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to set the I think last time he... He like put it in his teeth, but then he got it when he crunched it, he got it all stuck in his teeth. So he made it worse. I'm just going to try and like, just fill it into my gullet as fast as possible and deal with the gut eight layer. Oh, okay. Here we go. Oh, I'm not looking for this, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, I'm not looking forward to it either, to be completely uh, honest. Do I take a bite of it or do I just like throw it in my mouth? What's what's I the? Don't, I, I don't know. Truthfully, I've never done it. Have you you've no, never done no, this? No, You're no. just running everyone to do this, and you haven't done it yourself. All right. So, oh, good. Sarah's uh, here as well to okay. watch me. Don't rub your fingers on your eyes either. After okay, you deal. Them. I'll uh, probably put some baking soda and stuff on my hands. So, oh, that's a good idea. Right. Oh man, come on. Ah, ready? <laughs> all right. There you oh, go. Fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, Mitch Clark taking the one chunk challenge, folks. So Maritime Madness is a, is a local company here in uh, PEI with over 30 flavors of hot sauce and uh, rubs. And they do this one chunk challenge. And Mitch has been gracious, gracious enough to take it. Their hot sauce is really good. Oh, my God. What the fuck? <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh. Have you have you ever done anything like this before? No, no. <laughs> I think I'm crying. I would imagine you would be. Your whole head would be sweating for sure. <laughs> Motherfucker. Uh, I don't have a beep. I don't have a beep. My head sweating watching you. <sighs> no banjo. Yeah, the corgi has the corgi has a little he's, banjo. He's really him. good. He's he's concerned. He's concerned as he should be. Oh, oh. yeah. 
Pretty warm. It's a little hot. Yeah. It's a little hot. It's ruined my day. It's ruined <laughs> my day. Are you gonna train later? You no. have to go teach now. Well, I get Sundays off. Lord yeah, you're, you're yeah, you're definitely sweating and holy fuck. <laughs> Oh my God! So anybody who's just joined us, Mitch just took the one chunk challenge from Maritime Madness. Are you all right? Oh, oh, dude! Oh, oh. have you you've never done a, a hot sauce challenge? You like it? You no, know, you're a big fan of hot sauce, though, eh? Good hot sauce, not this. <laughs> Oh, uh, how's Tanner? Tanner's fighting again. Yeah, I hope he beats the shit out of Arlovsky. Yeah, that's a good fight for Tanner. I think so. We'll try to get your mind off it a little bit. It's not working. No. Do <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. corgis get along with other uh, dogs? Are they like they pretty yeah, friendly? Pretty dogs? He is. He's really good. Yeah. Oh motherfucker! All right, I got one more minute in me, and then I gotta go. No worries, man. No worries at all. Listen, I'll, I'll thank you for joining us right now, man. I'll let you. Go. What's it feel like? Bad. Bad. Awful. Uh, awful. Well, buddy. Oh. Uh, listen, folks. We'll give Mitch Clark so much credit for joining us. He's done so much for us behind the scenes through the years. He's fought for us. He's competed for us. He's helped us hook up different people throughout the scenes to compete and give us lots of advice through the years. And now he's got the goddamn one chunk challenge he's taken for us. So, buddy, you're a consummate gem. I thank you so much. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay, buddy. See you later. Yeah, bye. Mitch Clark. All right, folks. <laughs> I'm not sure what to say, but I hope he's... <laughs> I hope he's all right, folks. I'm not sure where he went, but uh, I hope he's doing all right. Let's get into our second guest here right away, folks. Uh, this is another guy that I've known for quite a while, um, but not like I've known Mitch. Uh, where's he going to go? I have no idea. Hopefully, he drinks some more milk and uh, keep his mouth cool in some way. But So let's get into our second guest. Like I was saying, another guy I've known for a hell of a long time. Uh, a guy, he's the former owner of Nawaz Apparel, now the owner of IPA, JJF. Dot com. Uh, he's he's got all these different ideas. He's been involved in the apparel industry for a hell of a long time and the grappling industry. Um, you know, he's kind of one of those guys who's just got all these great ideas and supports a lot of great events. Uh, has in the past and still does. And uh, he's kind of getting a little bit famous for uh, a little spin pass that's going around viral on the internet right now. Uh, as well, he's he's big. He's huge. He's very, I guess, I don't know how to explain it. When it comes to online betting, this is kind of his thing. He's a sports betting guru. Uh, a lot of really good information. I follow him every single week. Uh, I haven't won a lot uh, because I haven't actually played a lot because I'm trying to learn. And uh, it's another reason I want to kind of chat with him. But uh, without further ado, let's bring him in from California, Mr. Dan Hubbler. How are you, buddy? How's things? Oh, your, your mic's muted. There we go. I'm good. Sorry, okay. I'm teaching from home. This is like a regular, regular issue for me too. Always forgetting to unmute myself. But <laughs> yes. I, was, I was listening to the intro. I was like, man, it's so coincidental. 
uh, that you and Mark uh, and Mitch were earlier talking about like fundamentals. And here I am just like spin passing and doing this crazy shit. Whatever. <laughs> but like, that's the way I am too. The exact same thing like that, like that spin pass. That's the way I kind of roll too. And that, that shit does work. It's not always super high percentage, but the way, the way you do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's not something that you throw out all there all the time, but you know, you get, when you get them once in a while, it feels real good. Yeah. Yeah. You're, so you're getting in some training still? Uh, no, not right now. I'm not doing anything. Uh, you know, I'm, yeah. I've been, I started jujitsu over a decade ago. You know, I've always been kind of more of a hobbyist type. You know, I had my, my years at Blue Belt where I was you know, competing all the time. But, you know, aside from the, that little chunk of time, you know, I've torn my knees. I've been hit and miss, you know, training on and off, whatever. So it's never yeah. been something that I've always like, I, I'm going to risk, you know, getting COVID to go train. Like, it's never been that big of a deal for me. I can wait it out. And, you know, once things calm down, things get better, I'll just... Uh, jump back right in the gym so yeah that's a good attitude to have man it's true like you got a family and stuff and a full yeah. time like, yeah, it's, a, a it's, a, it's a marathon you know it's like a lifelong hobby it's not something that you know i need to hit right now yeah it's true because there's so many people right now that are like i need to train them like there's no tournaments going yeah. on at yeah, all and, right? and i get it i get it from the guys it's like their livelihood you know what i mean like they got to stay in shape they got to get the reps in because they're they're still trying to get into whatever invitationals they can to make some money like i get it for those guys but for the people who are like you're doing this on the side this is just a hobby for you like man it's it's crazy to me to be rolling to, to be rolling and sweating on people like 20 mm -hmm. other people in the gym it's crazy to me but uh yeah yeah it is and you're out in california dan so how yeah. like how, how are things out there like obviously things are I won't ask you how things things are yeah. fucking crazy everywhere, right? Like, yeah, it's pretty nuts, man. I think there's a there's a couple gyms that are still going out here. Um, they're doing kind of like the social distancing training, which you know it looks a lot to me like an hour of warm ups. And like, I'm not a guy yeah. who likes warm ups anyway, so I don't <laughs> I don't want to be just doing you know yeah. I don't want to be doing bridges and push ups and shit for an hour. So it's like I could I could skip on that stuff. Yeah, I can do that from home. I'm not paying yeah. someone to do bridges. That's yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's so so we're up like you obviously know we're up here in, in Nova Scotia, so we're like the totally opposite side of you guys. Like we're above Maine, obviously, uh, and we've been open for probably like a month and a half, two months now, like full training back to like as long as you don't go over ten people, kind of thing. So it's been good, but Canada obviously is a little bit different number wise than uh, the states down there. You guys are ten like the population wise, just totally different, right? So. Yeah, LA County is kind of a mess right now. I don't think we're going to get off any kind of wash list for some time. Yeah, it's it's just a different thing, right? And I don't know. We'll we'll try to avoid politics on this podcast as best we can because that's no fun to talk about. Yeah, is it? How's uh how's the apparel thing? You know, like again, like I, I was saying, you're you're a guy who sponsored a lot of our events. You've been very good to me behind the scenes, uh, helping us a lot in the East Coast scene, kind of build and develop uh, with. Um, your past company how are things been with you now you're still involved in the apparel you're still doing putting out a lot of products uh, how, how's it been yeah it, it's been a lot better to tell you the truth because now awesome. there's there's not there's not been any kind of pressure or anything like that i don't have to meet any kind of deadlines you know with when we're when we're producing you know drops with nuaza we're you know trying to hit like quarterly drops we got to have you mm. know 10 10 t-shirts designs and a couple of different rash guard designs and every single drop and uh, with the timing of all that, it, beco it becomes kind of a headache, man. It becomes a, like a lot of work, you know, and I've always done jujitsu, you know, side projects as, you know, kind of like passion projects, wanting to be involved in, you know, tournaments or apparel, whatever it is. And when it becomes like work, you know, like it's like, it, it's too much. Like, I don't want to do all this. So like now, um, you know, Nuaza was 
was bought out in November of 2018. And since then, I haven't been really involved in too much. I've just been doing my own projects and doing the IPA, JJ. Whenever I get an idea that comes in my mind, I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I'll, I can do it really as a side project now rather than like a second job. Um, it's been uh, it's been a lot more enjoyable and you know doing it that way. Smart. I, I struggle with that for the longest time, like separating it. And I still do like, cause you're so deeply involved. Right. And you're like, some days you're like, there's so much more of this stupid stuff than like this. Like there's so much more life. And when you, when you kind of break it down, you can do it for pleasure. Like you, you know, it's, there's no pressure and your, your creativity probably becomes so much better. Your everything about your products probably just become better. Yeah, I mean, everything that I'm producing right now for like IPA JJF is something that like I've had the idea and I've made the design same day. You know, it's like something popped in my head. I'm like, oh, that would nice. look really cool. And that, that same day, I hop on the computer, I spend a couple hours doing some designs, and then I put out the product and I see if people like it. And if it's hit and miss, you know, some people don't like it, whatever, I move on, I have something else, and it's not a big yeah. deal. Yeah, not not as much pressure, right? Like you yeah. said, it's just an idea you threw up, and if it doesn't work, boom, on to yeah, the next exactly. one, right? There's not a, a ton of time and money invested into it, and exactly. Yeah, it's old, I guess uh, you know, I guess you could call it, a, but it's not a pivot. I guess in business, it's really just kind of getting out of business. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, I, I've had I've had some like uh, some some people hit me up like in the in the last year or so asking me to be involved in different projects and stuff. And I always I always consider it, you know, and it sounds like a cool thing. And I'm like, okay, I weigh out my options. And I always tell them, you know, I don't want to give you a, an answer right now. Let mm. me think on it. But then, after I think about it, I'm like, man, I want to do that shit. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to spend all that extra time. You know, like I. I, I really did enjoy tournaments when Dream was just like yeah. building up and things were happening and and some of those tournaments like the 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 baddest blue and the the brown belt invitational that I organized and all that kind of stuff was so fun. But then then it kind of like shifted to just like mostly kids tournaments and like yeah those are fun in like certain ways like playing around with themes and doing yeah. cool things like bringing an arcade onto you know into the tournament into the waiting area and letting kids play old school games like those kind of things were were cool yeah. but. It was like turned into, you know, just it's it's parents that were the hardest thing. Listen, you know, once you start having when you when you build up these tournaments and they have like a thousand competitors, and then, you know, that's like two thousand parents, and you know, everyone thinks their kid's a world champion, and they all want to <laughs> argue about this and that. It's like after that, that kind of shit wears on you. So like after yeah. that, it's not fun anymore. I don't want to do this, and so I yeah. stepped away from Dream before Nuwaza, and then stepped away from Nuwaza, and now not doing really anything except for stuff for myself. Yeah, that, that's good to hear, though. And, like, you're obviously much happier. And, you know, it's it's hard because your ego kind of, like, grabs a little bit of you. You know what I mean? I, I struggle with it, too, a little bit. Whether it's ego or passion or whatever it is, it's like, oh, you know, I kind of want to do that. But then you, like, wait. And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. And, like, that dream, it's like I always looked at your events and I was like, wow. Like, because your graphics, your your marketing, like you said, you would bring, like, you, you – and I think that a lot of that becomes you're, – you're obviously – you're a teacher. So – a lot of that would tie into how you are with kids. Like you're a great role model to kids. So all your tournaments were kind of really like above and beyond just a regular tournament. And it kind of motivated me a lot too. And like to go exceed that expectation. It's not just a jujitsu tournament. It's really like an experience for these kids. Yeah. And I mean, Taps for Taps was obviously my favorite tournament of all time. You know, when we got all those, those local craft beer companies to get yeah. involved in. And that was after that event, it was like, 
I kind of like made a decision. Like, I don't want to do anything unless it's like this, you know, like unless it's like special like this, if it's not unique like this, like there's no, you know, the, the money involved in, in running a tournament, like, yeah, there's some good money in there, but it's, it's not like anything, you know, it's not anything that you're going to like retire on. You know what I mean? Like there's some profit to be made, but it's not, mm. it's not worth doing tournaments just for the money. Like there has to be some mm. kind of like passion payoff as well. Yeah, you're 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 certainly like we break it down all the hours like and we the biggest one we had was like 386. So when you're talking a thousand, that's like a ridiculous amount of people. And like you say, that's two thousand parents or whatever. It's just the questions and the amount of hours you break it down to. It's like the money's great, but it's like uh, I can certainly sell a lot of T-shirts on your website and probably make a lot more money. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, you know, and Sean Megami, he tried to make it easier on me, like towards the end when I was getting burned out. Cause it's, you know, we started making, when we started organizing tournaments together, there was like maybe 200, 300 people registering, whatever. It wasn't a big deal, but it grew up, it grew from there. Mm -hmm. And like towards the end when I was getting burned out, he was like, he tried to make it easier on me. He's like, you know what? Like, I'll, I won't make you answer any more emails. Cause like, that's what was pissing me off is answering all the emails from parents. And he's like, I'm just going to, I'll answer all the emails now. And I'll just give you like a weekly breakdown, like on what needs to be done. But then that didn't help either because he was basically just forward me the same messages <laughs> that I would have got. And then, then like at the end of the week, I would just have one big list of like parents who need to be contacted and stuff. So I was, it's like, yeah, it all just led to a big burnout. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore, but they're doing fine now. You know, um, Megan took over and did all the bracketing that I used to do. And um, obviously with COVID nice. going on, they're not doing any events, but they're still, do they're doing pretty well. Nice. That's cool. Uh, Megan, um, I, I, I don't want to say her last name because I'm going to butcher it, but Parducho. Parducho. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She's a really nice person too. Uh, I, I haven't spoke to her in a long time, but she obviously was, uh, she's behind the scenes in a lot of events, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. EBR, a lot of stuff Eddie's doing. Yep. Yeah, Eddie's still kicking events. I think he just did one, didn't he? They're doing overtime now, jujitsu overtime. It's yeah, like everything's a break off of the original whatever. I don't, I don't. I'm not really a huge fan of jujitsu overtime because it's like kind of like a game show. It's not really like a real depiction of jujitsu, but it is like it is exciting to watch. It's like only watching the highlights of a match, like not having to watch all the other stuff. Um, so you basically you start in a position. It's, that's yeah, you start in the overtime positions from EBI. So it's like there's there the five or six minutes or whatever that would lead to that. It's like they just eliminate that. Let's go straight to getting as many finishes as possible. And so, you know, I could see why people would like that, but I mean, you yeah. could beat you could beat someone on that show that you wouldn't normally beat, you know, yeah, in a real like match. A, a little bit of a game show, I guess. Yeah. Like it's it, but I guess that's the thing. If you want to, it's the whole idea. It's all entertainment, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Right? And, and realistically, jujitsu is boring as shit to watch, man. Totally. Like it's, it's really agree. hard to watch. The people keep trying to find new ways to make it exciting, but in reality, it's it's not exciting unless you you get guys who are like one guy who's really good and one guy who really sucks, and you yeah. match them up and they get to do like cool highlight stuff. But when you take two really good guys, the match is usually not very fun to watch. I mean, biggest, yeah. I'm always amazed. You know what I'm amazed at, Dan, is how all these promoters are still like, "Let's do it, bro! I'm gonna put on the biggest tournament, bro, and bring all these guys and pay them all amount." And I'm like, I'm like what? Where like yeah. there's it's just not going to work, guys. It's not. Yeah. It's just not. It's the same people watching every weekend. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't, I shouldn't, that sounds negative, but it's just like, like, I don't know. It's just weird, right? Like, there's some events that are just so above the rest that, mm -hmm. like, like Kasai and Fight to Win and, yeah, Polaris and the ones and that, that are... it, a lot of that's into the production, you know, not so much the matches, but the production value of the event. I mean, mm -hmm. 
I mean, we could shit on Halleck all day, but man, Metamorphs like being there oh. was it was so fun, man. It was awesome. Even like, people people shit on the drummers, man. Those drummers were fucking insane. It was it was so awesome to see those drummers. Um, you know, did it have anything to do with the event? No, but like it was fun to watch. It's fun to be a part of it. Like the energy was really high. Like those, yeah. I mean, you could see why he lost so much money, but like those events were really fun. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. That like those events is pretty much what everybody's stemming off. Truthfully, like like you said, say what you want, but that event did a hell of a lot for the sport. A lot of exposure to that style of event, and uh, so you were there. That would have been cool as hell. Yeah, yeah. So I went to uh, I went to that one, and I went to uh, Henzo Saku, and that one was really fun as well. That one was yeah. awesome. That that for that one, all the scramble guys were sponsoring Saku, so they came out and they flew out uh, out here, and we got to hang out with them the whole weekend. It was so it was, it was a really good. It was a really good time. Very cool. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, well, that's what I look back at. Like, I look back at some of our events. Or Dan, still to this day, like we we roll in our club, and that banner is still on the roof of our banner. Like, there's memories that you can't like that you you think of throughout this process. And like though, like you said, like those uh, being at those events, and that's what I look back at it. Like the the just the incredible memories and being around, like just being around Diego Sanchez at our event backstage or whatever. Like, just fun ridiculous times right yeah yeah and I, I couldn't even tell you who won any of those matches like going back to that look looking back at that whole card like i don't really remember but it was like it was a it was a cool vibe and yeah. i think more more events need to focus on the vibe than than putting together this this huge card full of like the top two guys facing each other in every weight classes and they're like these no no time limit matches that go over over an hour like, no one wants to watch it for an hour like send me the highlights later on but yeah, yeah. it's true it's true no like I can't tell you how many matches I would sit there as the promoter and be like, just say, fuck, this is so boring. Right? Yeah. Because just some people, like in myself, I'm guilty of it too. Like I'm not the most by any means. I, I quit. I'm like, get me out of here. I don't want to do this. But some people are just not exciting grapplers and it's hard to, because a lot of people at our events, we're in Nova Scotia. We're not even in California. So we're in Nova Scotia. So you're selling this product to people who don't even know what it is. They don't even like, they're like, why are there two men grappling on the ground right now? Like they're totally a different, but it was, you built that sport and, and you kind of exposed them to it. And now it's grown. There's, there's probably like 40 clubs in, in our little province here now. And it's all as a whole group in the Maritimes, everybody's kind of worked together and grew. And it's been a really cool thing to watch out here because we're so far behind people like you guys down in California. Yeah. We have more gyms than I could even count, begin to count. Um, yeah. But we, have, I mean, there. I, I do feel like there's been a little bit of a cultural shift in the last decade or so. From in some of the, like, a lot of these gyms are not so like isolationist as they used to be. You know, uh, people are more willing to work with other people from other gyms, and you know, yeah. be willing to accept people to come and train and cross train, whatever. But I feel like when I when I first started jujitsu, that I started in 2006. And I think I remember back then it seemed like a little bit like tribal, like, you, you know, you're either, you know, with us or yeah. you're with them or you know, that kind of thing. But that was like the like the tap out era. And people were like, I think feel like everything was a little more aggressive back then. And yeah. like now it's kind of just like not that big of a deal. Why do you think that's how I kind of agree 100 percent with you now? It's more like a, it's kind of like that hippie kind of like relaxed. Hey, how you doing? Like very Oakham, Oakham open door policy for even a lot of the old school gyms are starting to be like, cause at the end of the day, if you don't, if you don't evolve, you know, yeah. you're going to lose some students. I think, you know, you, I think you, at some level you have to thank like the higher level competitors for, for kind of starting some of that, you know, like they're, I feel like 
maybe five, six years ago when I feel like I saw more high level black belts cross training with each other on social media and like drop, you know, doing their, you know, ADCC training camp, you know, here or working with this guy or setting up mm -hmm. some kind of seminar series where they're all working together. I think seeing, you know, that kind of made people realize like maybe we can learn better if we actually yeah. like train with other people kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, whatever caused it, it's definitely beneficial for everybody. Totally. I couldn't agree more, man. Like it's, it, that's the best thing about this sport, like walking in and like, I love learning every single time I roll with someone. Hey, how'd you do that? Or like, if you, if you're not learning, they had the old cliche thing. If you're not learning, you're not growing. Or is that what they say? I don't know. I think that's right. I don't know if you're not, I don't know. Something like that. I feel like it's, if it's, if you're not losing, you're not, learning or something like that i don't know that, that feels like a jujitsuism i've heard yeah. heard that a lot from the jujitsu parents yeah i bet i made that up maybe <laughs> jujitsu parents like i have some interesting stories i'm sure you got a quite a few of what was your kind of biggest pet peeve like was it just for me it was always like i said like you as a like you would never go to like a a, a hockey tournament and not know the rules so why are you coming here and not knowing the rules and then yeah, Mine was always the parents who like, who believed that their kid was like this next superstar or whatever it is. And like, I get that. Like you always want to, you know, think the best of your kid, but mm -hmm. they'd always, they would, they'd always ask for special treatment. It'd always be like, you know, like, okay, like, you know, you know how, you know how hard it is to match kids because the average 12 year old, there's no average 12 year old. Like you can be yeah. 12 and like this big or this big and like weigh this much or this much. And then you throw in rank. So now it's like, okay, the average 12 year old gray belt, what does that kid look like? Because none of them are the same whatsoever. So yeah. like trying to match a kid, like, okay, well this kid is like within six pounds of you. Like that's the closest match. Like, no, no, he's not going to fight someone bigger than him. He's not. And they'd always use the word fight. And that kind of pissed me off too. Like, oh, he's not. He's not gonna fight a kid bigger than him. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, well I, I found this kid who's like five pounds lower than him. Is that cool? Like, oh yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Like, yeah. so, you, so you're like, you'll accept it. You know, you'll accept the weight difference when it's you know yep. in your favor, but not when it's not. Like, yeah, come on, man. And then that's the social. Crazy. Then I know you're gonna post something on Instagram later of this your your kid beasting on this little kid, and like, it's it's ridiculous. With this picture, like, yeah, exactly. Joe, uh, Joe, Joe, you won his six matches in a row today. No, not it'd be fights. It, it, it would, it, it would be like even if it was like a one, one match, it'd be like he'd be on the podium flexing, like yeah, he won all his fights today. He had one match, dude. Like when he, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of it that people just live by. You know, you know, it's you understand it, I guess, but like you're a father, you know, yeah. So it's it's like and a teacher. So you would see this from. An incredible amount of angles, man. <laughs> like I know that. Are you back to school now? Are you? Yeah, like I'm teaching 100 online, and uh, you know, I'm I'm loving life right now. I know, you know, I know it's hard. You know, everything going on around the world, it's hard for a lot of people in a lot of different occupations. Um, teachers right now, especially older teachers who have not adapted to using technology mm -hmm. in the classroom, I know they're struggling. But like myself, like as a young teacher, as someone, you know, I teach, you know, at tech conferences, I teach teachers how to use technology. So I'm fully adapted and fully prepared for something like this. So awesome. online teaching is, you know, it's improved my quality of life, get to stay home with my family. And, you know, I teach my three classes a day and have little rest periods in between. You know, I get to you know, sit on the couch instead of, you know, being at school. And it's been it's been really a blessing. Wow. That's cool to hear. I like that positivity, man. What so. 
is it like a Zoom? Like you have 30 students or like? Uh, well, so I'm a middle school teacher. So I have 180 students um, in different classes, different subjects. And what I do is I have a three Zooms a day, you know, a, a eight, like a basically a 9 a.m., a 10 a.m. And then I have a 12, 12 p.m. Um, and they go for about 50 minutes. I do. I try and do about 20 minutes of instruction and give the rest of the period for them to kind of play around with things and, and figure things out for themselves. But um, yeah, it's it's three sessions a day. It's not not a big deal. I got a nice little two hour lunch in between to kind of relax and check in on my kids and see how they're doing because they're doing. Nice. I, you know, my my wife is a therapist, so she's working from home doing all teletherapy. And then my two kids, they're both doing school. My my oldest is in high school now; he's a freshman, and my youngest is in the fourth grade, so they're doing theirs, and I'm doing mine. So we got four people on Zoom all day. You know, Indeed. but I have that little I have that little break. I can, you know, check in, see how things are going, you know, make some lunch, whatever. It's 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 been very nice. That is good, man. I, I you know, again, you're someone who I've followed for a long time and uh I always love that about you. You're always like your family is is a huge part of everything you do, you know, and it's that you know, it's cliche, but if you're happy, man, life's gonna be a lot better. Everything about it is gonna, you're gonna be more successful. You're gonna be, you know, and uh, you you seem to always work about like, and I guess that's now the story of, I didn't know why, you know, why you're kind of on your own doing your thing. And now, you know, now I know. And uh, it's gotta be a side project. Everything's kind of gotta be a side passion, right? And, and you have to have that, that single focus, your family and your career and everything else kind of branches off it. Yeah, because it's, you know, when it's about, when it's a side project, when it's a passion project, you know, like, I released this logo, I released this design because I think it looks good. Not because like I have to hit a deadline, not because, you know, I need to make sure I'm getting this many units out or whatever it is. Like it, it just makes it a lot easier. If everyone's if ever if people are doing stuff for the money, you're not gonna get the best product. You know what I mean? So I think that goes for tournaments, for apparel, whatever it is. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's true. Do you do you do you carry let's well, I guess let's transition with this whole, you know into sports betting how did you get into sports betting dan like you're you're you're, you're pretty heavily like yeah i shouldn't say heavily into it but like heavily into oh, it, heavily like, is fine a, yeah heavily is fine. A, yeah. A, <laughs> no, all right all right yeah yeah man i don't i don't know i, I want to say probably uh, a, a few years ago no well, maybe even longer than that now uh maybe like 2010 around 2010 i started like really getting into to sports betting looking at the numbers and stuff like that um, specifically MMA though. I've never done well at betting on anything other than MMA. I've lost uh, money on the world series and stuff like that. I like to bet on the, the fun stuff, like the super yeah. bowl or whatever, like that, that's fun. Uh, but I never like kind of expect to win those, you know, it's just kind of a side thing, yeah. but like with MMA, I, I do try and do my best to do, you know, due diligence and make sure that I'm making the smartest bet. Um, obviously it's a fight. Anything can happen. You know, mm -hmm. no one's going to pick, you know, a winner all the time, but if you can pick 60% correct, I mean, you're going to be doing pretty well overall. Um, so, and that's kind of the goal. That's always kind of the goal is try to come up with something. Never, you're not going to hit it big every event, but try and make some kind of profit. It's nice. Okay. So now here we, what do you, like, obviously some people use FanDuel. Up here there's ProLine that you can use, but then you're obviously involved in, there's like you were saying, and I, I was trying on like SNA, like, like I'm yeah. like a real rookie when it comes to, to online betting. I use um, everything, man. I use I use everything. I'm on FanDuel, but I use I look at FanDuel kind of like as like a lottery ticket. Like you're not gonna yeah. usually, you're not gonna win FanDuel very often. Like I think I I placed fourth in like one of my contests 
this weekend and I got, wow. you know, I didn't get much from it. It was like, a, it, they gave me like 20 bucks or something like that. Like, wow. I don't even know what I, yeah, yeah, I don't even know what I was doing. <laughs> and so I was, this is like my third week on FanDuel. I'm like, well, I, I picked all winners. Why am I not in the lead? But it's like, it doesn't work like that. Like you get a certain amount of points or whatever. I was like, okay, I'm slowly figuring that out. Um, but I, I use pretty much every book. I use my bookie. I use, you know, a sports book. I use uh, five dimes a lot. Um, there's a, there's a jujitsu guy out here named Abel, uh, down here in California. And he, he's a bookie for another site as well. I use his book sometimes I use wherever I can get the best line. Um, but I think as far as like prop bets, which is kind of like my thing, um, yeah. it, five dimes is definitely the best. That's where the SNA scorecards, no action comes and all that kind of stuff. They just have the most prop bets and they also give you the ability to bet live, which not every book does. And betting live is kind of like it, it gives you a pretty good advantage if you can follow if you watch every fight if you're watching every minute of the fight you get a pretty decent advantage watching you know, betting those live lines. So um, you can. Sorry, go ahead. Go, well, like there, for example, like uh, what was the one this weekend? Impa yesterday. Um, oh. He started off as a negative one uh, one thirty favorite meaning you got to bet one thirty to win a hundred on him yeah. you know it's a pretty pretty even odds but you know he is the favorite you got to bet more to you know to win the hundred um but after round one which he you know he pretty much dominated round one in my opinion he was only a minus one eighty favorite so you're saying now you know the line hasn't moved much he's still the favorite a little bit more but he just won one out of the three rounds so like you mm -hmm. would would you take a bet you know knowing that your guy has already won one round and he only needs to win maybe one more like of course you're going to take that bet so so taking advantage of those live lines is definitely a key looking for discrepancies as far as that goes sometimes you'll you'll have a fight where it's a very close first round and you don't really know who won and then but when you get the odds after the round is over the the odds are pretty skewed in favor of one person or the other like in that kind of situation, I'll take whoever's the I'll take whoever's the underdog because I don't know who won that round. I don't know what the judges saw. And yeah. if you're gonna give me underdog odds on this person, then you know, I hope for a split decision. We'll see how it works. You know, that's it's kind of the benefit of live betting is you kind of get like a, a better, a better a better view of how the fight's gonna go, you know, than you know, beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it because like at that point you can see where the rhythm of the fight's a little bit. You know, obviously anything yeah. can still happen, but the rhythm of the fight—that's really interesting. I I yeah. had no idea that live betting was either thing. That's um, yeah. You have one minute. You have one minute in between rounds to get your bet in. And, you know, then they they do their best to get the lines up as quick as possible. Um, but you got to be quick and you got to jump on it. And you know, sometimes it it doesn't work out in your favor. Like uh, Kim, uh, yesterday she had a great first round. You know, she was tagging Grasso up. Yeah, Grasso was yeah. she had she had no you know lateral head movement. She was just staying on the center line. Kim was tagging her up in the first round, and Grasso actually went into the second round as the underdog. But then you know she cleaned things up. She started moving her head. She took two and three pretty clearly, and then you know a couple of the judges gave her round one also. So you know you never know what they're going to see, and also you never know who's going to make the adjustments in between rounds. Who's coaching mm -hmm. is going to be superior. You know, it's those are the oddballs. Every once in a while, those happen makes it way more exciting that way too yeah you know, absolutely like, like interesting I, I gotta get a buddy of mine shout out to a buddy of mine matt mansor he loves his pro line stuff he's you, you, do you ever like you you're strictly mma you get into kickboxing or can you do like jail stuff i think jail has some yeah stuff you can there. bet sug uh the, the problem with betting grappling is usually those lines are 
extremely like one-sided like one person yeah. like like you want to bet on craig jones you got to lay down a thousand to win a hundred bucks like i don't know nobody nobody's worth that as mason fowler mm. just proved to everybody like you know you don't, you don't put a thousand bucks to win a hundred bucks and and think that nothing bad can happen because it can you know anytime they, you're betting you got to be prepared to lose yeah that's it it's that's so true aren't they fighting again Isn't yeah they got a rematch i think they got a rematch is it today i think it's today yeah, I think well, su- it is Sunday, so that would yeah. make sense. That it- this is a third fight, match, yeah. Fight, no, whatever you call it, because <laughs> the whether the first one was at ADCC or the trials, oh, yeah, that's I right, think that right. the first one was at the trials, and then the second one was at SUG, and this should be the third. That's right. Um, but yeah, I think that I think Craig Jones is still a pretty dominant favorite to win, and you know, it's just not it's not worth it with that kind of line. You're, you're looking for you're looking for the better line, not you know. There's, there's better things to, to bet on, better values than betting on grappling. And, you know, let yeah. me, actually, let me see if I can find the lines right now because it's happening yeah. today. They should have some lines. I don't know who else. I, I don't know if uh, Nick Maximoff's on that card, too. He's another uh, he's a guy out of Nick Diaz camp up there. He, I think he fought in LFA a couple weeks ago, but he's fought in Sug. Is that what they call it? Sug? Sug? Yeah, Sug, yeah. I think it's Sug. I don't know how to pronounce it, but. No. <laughs> They uh they got some lines up right now. Craig Jones is actually only a minus three sixty five favorite, but you still got to lay down three hundred sixty five dollars if you want to win a hundred, mm. which is quite a bit. Roberto yeah. Jimenez is minus five fifty. Uh, Amanda Llewellyn's minus one seventy. That might be one to consider betting on. Richie Martinez is one fifty five, and then Who's Ethan's one seventy. Oh, Ethan's Richie's fighting a uh, Brett Primus, yeah, from Bellator. Brett's a slight underdog, plus one twenty-five. That might be something worth looking at too. I, I always like if I'm going to bet on a SUG or, or any kind of grappling, and especially with EBI rules, if you can get like a pretty strong wrestler, a pretty good scrambler at underdog rules, it's it's worth throwing some money at because you never. Most of these matches go to overtime, and I feel like in overtime yeah. the the wrestlers have the advantage. They got the cardio, they got you know the scrambling ability. Um, which is why I guess Mason's always worth a look too. And whenever he's an underdog, you know, assuming mm-hmm. it goes to overtime again, he might be able to get some ride time on Craig again. Uh, it wouldn't be shocking at this point because we've already seen him do it. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. And isn't pre- I want to say Brent Primus is coming off a submission win. I could be wrong, but for some reason I want to say he. I uh, I could be wrong. Jamie, look that up. Jamie, huh? we don't have a Jamie, unfortunately. He um, is. He is coming off a net crank win at Bellator 240. Yeah, who who was it? You know, against Chris Bungard? I don't even know Chris Bungard. No, me either. <laughs> yeah, but it's still. I mean, yeah, he's, I, I I always thought he looked pretty good on the ground in Bellator. He's you know might be worth a a little bit of a bet, but I'm not gonna have yeah. time to get that bet in. Yeah. What, so what's your plans for the rest of the day? It's a what, almost three o'clock. There is that correct? Yeah, I got to get my lesson planning done for tomorrow. Um, like I said, I, I only have to teach three classes a day now. I used to teach six a day. Uh, but now we're on a block schedule where I only see the kids on Mondays and then I see them you know, every other day. Mm-hmm. Um, so got to get my stuff ready for, for tomorrow. That doesn't take very long. Um, but that's pretty much it. Just kind of relaxing at home. My wife just got back from the store. And I think we're going to paint a couple of rooms in the house or something today. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Good, good, good. Listen, uh, one final question. Did you ever see our Tapper Tag event? Did I ever show yes, you Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. And I saw Sug is kind of copying it. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're, well. they're doing some of that stuff too, yeah. 
whatever. It's, we won't super, get into that. It's super. But... It's super interesting, though. It's a. Yeah. It's a. It's a weird dynamic um, the, as far they, as like. The thing is, they are in the cage. So ours was yeah. different. Whereas you could live tag, in it like where. So the the person had to be around the mat, uh -huh. but you could you could tag in and out at any time. So the and so they're both people were outside the mat and they could like it was like basketball like you could kind of block and keep the other person from like uh, tagging their teammate in. It was pretty funny, but it would just like sometimes they get trapped in the corner and they just keep tagging back and forth. Yeah, and the person could never get out. But it was I saw I saw a clip you posted where they kept tagging each other back and forth. My way, mm -hmm. my favorites are like when the guys like already got the rear naked choke, like pretty much control in and he did tag someone else. Like, yeah. why are you tagging? Just finish yeah, the match. Yeah, like, what do you <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I'd like to do something like that again, but it's like you said, you know, like it's, I don't, I'm kind of one of those people. It's like, you know, been there, done that and, and move mm -hmm. on and, and figure something out and do, do something a little bit more creative again. And, and yeah, like, you know, that's, I guess that's like you, your, your whole art is, is, the art of being creative. Yeah. I guess. You know, everything yeah. you do. Is the, the last event that I saw, I was like, Oh my God, what a great idea was those quintets. When those first came out and people, you know, you yeah. have, you have 600 pounds, make your team. I was like, that's super cool. Like, that's a really cool, I would want to do an event like that, but I'd have to find some way to make it different. You know, like it's very interesting. Yeah. Are they still doing those? Uh, what were they? The, the pot ones where they were smoking pot and the, Oh, oh, high rollers. Yeah. High rollers. They're pretty funny too. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like uh, the whole, I think, you know, Jeff Glover is kind of really pretty involved in that kind of stuff and he's doing his own thing right now, his own little tournaments, which don't okay. make much sense to me because it's like everyone puts in 200 bucks and then it's like a 16 man tournament. And then like, if you win, you get a thousand. I'm like, how does that add up? Like where, where's the rest of the, the money going? Like it doesn't make any sense, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know. That that's interesting, man. That happens a lot too. It's funny. Like like our event and our next event, like we always like there were random events that we would do with like purple and blue belts where we would ask them to compete and pay. But if like if you're a professional, I guess we'll say a brown or black belt, you can't we can't be like you have to pay. You're <laughs> like come compete. We're inviting you to come compete for this prize. Yeah. You know? But it's everybody does it. Yeah, and you know, I, and I've been on events and I've seen like how much production costs. And like, if you're just doing this tournament, like you know, in a gym, like it doesn't cost. You just, we're not talking about thousands of dollars in overhead, man. Like you can let you can let them pay money and prize money, but totally. you know, it is what it, it is. Oh. What it is. People are. I know people are struggling in California right now, trying to make money however they can. So you know, whatever, man. Whatever you got to do to to keep the lights on. You yeah, know. that's it. Well, you guys are kind of like us up here. A lot of taxes, right down there. Is it? Yeah, is that yeah, yeah. That's why everyone's leaving California is the tax rate. But I mean, there's no there's no better place in the world to live, man. Like the, oh. the beach is right here. The mountains are right here. Is you know, Sometimes can't complain. You pay for what you want. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, if you want all these fancy things and that great lifestyle and beautiful weather and beautiful buildings and beautiful highways and all this kind of, you know, it sucks sometimes for some people, but it's like up here, you know, our healthcare people always say, Oh, your healthcare is free. It's like, well, it's not free. You know, it's, there are things you're going to pay for, but like, if I need a, sh a shoulder surgery, I'm going to wait six months for yeah. shoulder surgery. Right. But it's going to be free when I, when I finally get it. Whereas down there you can go and pay and get it done right away. But, you know, it's uh, every country has their ups and downs, man. And if we can all just kind of be I, like, I, I had a guest last week talk about this. And it's like, why don't we just like whatever happened to give them someone the benefit of the doubt when they make a mistake? 
You know, everybody just rips one another apart nowadays. And I'm not talking about like, if you're a racist prick, like you're a racist prick, you know, I have no tolerance for that kind of stuff. But if you like, if you like cut someone off or what, or whatever, like on the highway, if you're in the hurry or whatever, people right now are like, fuck you, fuck you, like whatever they're yeah. just like, you know, it's just like whatever happened to, but it just seems like everybody's so uptight now. Yep. It might just be a generational thing, you know? My technology, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. More edibles for the win, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, any advice for last question? Any any advice for anybody kind of kind of in the apparel industry and kind of looking to you know, I guess start their own thing or or kind of get it out there and maybe you know be creative in, in trying to start their own brand. Any advice for them? I, yeah, man. I'd, I'd say if you're doing it for the money, don't do it. There's not a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like you can you can make some decent money here and there in the apparel industry and jujitsu. Jujitsu is such a niche as it is. If you're if you're trying to become you know get rich making apparel for jujitsu, it's not going to happen. Just let go of that dream. You know you might you, you might get to the point where you you feel comfortable and successful, but at the same time, that's going to also sap your creative energy. You know what I mean? It's 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 kind of a trade off. So I'd say if you're going to get involved in anything jujitsu related. Um, do it for, because it's a, something you're passionate about. Do it something it's because it's something that you really just want to do in your own time and do it. If you would know, if you, if you'd be okay doing it without making money, then that's what you should be doing because you're probably not going to make a whole lot anyway. Um, and you're just going to leave yourself disappointed if that's your goal. Very. Yeah. Great advice. If, if you're okay with doing it without making money, then do it right. Like if, yeah. if if it's something where you need to to make money, then maybe don't do it. That's yeah, that's it's gonna bad. leave you frustrated, and then you're gonna be all burned out. And yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. For a while, I was like that. I was like, I don't want to go to jujitsu class because I hated it because I was so involved in the sport, right? And it's that's fantastic advice. There, there you go, folks. From somebody who's been at the sport for you know in this behind the scenes in the sport for a hell of a long time. And uh, again, man, thank you for everything you've done for the East Coast. Thank you for everything you've done for me. Uh, you've done a lot for our brand, man. So I owe you a lot, and uh, hopefully we can repair the, repay the favor someday. Yeah, for absolutely, you. man. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot, Dan Hubler, folks. Appreciate it, Dan. Yep. Awesome. Fantastic to have him on, folks. Uh, great guy. Great to catch up with him. It's been a long time. Uh, first time I actually caught up with him face to face. But uh, like I said, we've been chatting for a long time and he's been a big supporter of the East Coast. So thank you. Uh, again, a big shout out to our sponsor of this episode, T-shirt behind me right here. Uh, fantastic geese, no geese. They can make custom geese. They can make custom no gi apparel for your gym. Whatever you need, reach out to them. Brett Cooper at bckimonos.ca. Uh, fantastic supporter of Canadian martial arts and on the East Coast as well. Uh, thanks to Mitch Clark, our first guest. Uh, I just received a text message from him, and all it says was, I hate you. So uh, I'm assuming he's enjoying himself there. Hopefully he's doing okay. Um, anyway, folks, thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow night, we have Mr. David Lee from Toshido MMA, head coach, and Kareen uh, Lefranbeau as out of Quebec, a female MMA fighter. And then Tuesday, we have TJ Grant. Uh, TJ Grant, uh, a super popular fighter out of uh, Nova Scotia here, a guy who's done a lot for the East Coast scene. And uh, yeah, a former UFC athlete. So it'll be fantastic to catch up and chat with him. All right, folks, lots of love. I uh, hope you're doing great at home, and we'll chat with you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Chat soon.